I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. All opinions and discussions on the podcast are purely individual experience, so please consult a doctor or medical professional for more information. Welcome to the Shake It Up Show, a podcast in partnership with Shake It Up Australia Foundation for Parkinson's Research, where we speak to people whose lives have been impacted by Parkinson's disease and hear their stories. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster, and most importantly, a proud Shake It Up Australia ambassador in support of my dad who lives with Parkinson's. Well... What an exciting episode we have coming up today. I'm a little bit nervous, to be honest, um, because the guests that I have before me are two of my favourite people in the entire world, uh, and they've decided to join me on the podcast today, mostly by force. (laughs) One is a return guest. You know and love him. He's the most requested guest we get on the Shake It Up Show podcast. Uh, So I'll introduce him first, Rob Ruffle, famous father of the host. How are you, Robbie? I'm very well, thank you, gorgeous. How are you? I'm just delighted to have you here. (laughs) I think I'm delighted to be here. (laughs) I'll ask you the same question at the end and see if Mm. you're still filled with such delight. Yes. (laughs) And sitting right next to him is the better half, mother of the podcast host, Annette Ruffle. Welcome. Hi, everybody. It is with some nerves that I approach this um, podcast. Yeah, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're sitting. For full disclosure, we're sitting in my living room, and I will try and remind you guys that it is no different to when we sit around the bench as per usual. There just happens to be a microphone. So the two of you joke, and I'm the butt of the joke. Well, that's our normal dynamic. Yeah, yeah, probably. I wasn't going to do that to you on the podcast, no. but if you want that to be the way it so is, be it. <laughs> we'll play our roles. Yeah. Now, I'm nervous. Have you ever done a podcast before? I have not. You have not? No. Well, congratulations on your debut. I have done the interview for the Special Olympics. Oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, you did one step way further. You shot a whole documentary on camera. (laughs) I did. That's unbelievable. So, so, yes, I have done... That's a little bit of experience, but it's different. Yes, um, filling in the blanks... I worked on a documentary in the NDIS space and the Special Olympics. And so mum and I traveled to Tasmania to the Special Olympics last year, where mum hosted the documentary and interviewed uh, a member of the Special Olympics Victoria team, an athlete. Uh, And she was a star. It was crazy to watch her just grow into this role. And honestly, I'll say this, I was angry because (laughs) I thought I was the one in entertainment in the family and to watch... (laughs) Mum Blossom on camera was um, inspiring and frustrating. I guess I should say why I was doing it. Um, the reason we did it was to have uh, somebody with a disability interview other people with disabilities. And as I suffer from MS, um, that gave me the lead in, if you like. And so it was a unique and very nerve-wracking experience, but met some wonderful people, as you always do in the disability world. With Absolutely. fantastic outlooks on life and very positive and uh, the the boy man that I interviewed was just absolutely amazing. Who thought he wouldn't be able to walk and talk? And he was running, I think, ten thousand was his longest race from yeah. memory. Yeah, and just incredible, incredible journey he had had. So the more you learn about this world, um, the better everyone would be, I think. 
Well, I certainly feel better for doing this podcast and um, we'll come back to you in a second, Mother. Um, but <laughs> Certainly, daughter. The, um, <laughs> very formal. <laughs> the, um, the main guest of honour, our three Pete over here. Robbie, the last time you were on the podcast, we were speaking about medications because you were in a bit of a change of um, medication phase and the ones you've been having were sort of changing how you were feeling emotionally, wasn't an ideal situation, so you were going on to a new medication to sort of alleviate some of the um, negative side effects you were having. Yeah, the, uh, I was on a fairly large dose of Cifrol, and so we paired that back to what I was on prior to the, med- the change and introduced another drug called Zidago. Okay. Um, and that, that um, changed the... The, the way that I was feeling and um, de- decreased the negative impact of the, the, the great amount of Cifrol. Since then, I've gone on to another, an, an extra drug as well um, called, I think it's Ongentis or something like that, O-N-G-E-N-T-Y-S, and that's fantastic. It, it's, it's, um, it's decreased the amount of dopamine that I have to take, the Matapar, from one full pill every three hours to three quarters of a pill every four hours. Oh wow! So yeah, and that's and when I said that to my neurologist just recently, she had the same re- same reaction that she was um, so, so pleased that uh, it had changed the uh, the way that the medication was working and that to decrease it rather than keep increasing, which is the stage that I'd got to, mm. was fantastic. That is brilliant. Mm. And I also remember you reporting that you were bouncing out of bed oh. on this new medicine. What do you mean by that? Oh, I nearly hit the wall the first time. <laughs> Threw my leg over the bed and I saw the bed and I just kept running. <laughs> it was sensational. <laughs> we were at a holiday place and the wall was a lot closer than it is at home and uh, smacked straight into the wall. I thought, Ooh, bloody hell, I hope I didn't wake your mother. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was great. I, I couldn't believe it. So is that um, an energy thing or a physical like muscle liveness? Yeah, coordination thing. Okay. Uh, a lot of... And just as the speed with which my muscles uh, had contracted, because the, the Parkinson slows down muscle contraction, so that you can't walk as fast, run as fast, throw as fast, hit as far in golf. <laughs> I'm still crying about that. <laughs> no, um, that's just a general anecdote, not uh, from um, specific experience yeah, at all. No, that's right. Yes. So uh, it, it seems to have uh, increased the speed with which I would certainly get out of bed first thing in the morning. It hasn't helped me with my golf. Uh, we're still not friends golf, but um, it's, uh, it certainly has changed my uh, start to the day, if you like. And also even rolling over in bed, I think, was, you know, moving in bed was better, or am I wrong with that? Uh, yeah, it, it is better. But, um, more coordination. Mm. Yeah. So it sounds like, because you're obviously quite a way into your, uh, since like Parkinson's diagnosis, so a way into your journey, so to still be altering and changing things I think is like a, a good reminder as per usual that you don't have to stick with exactly what it is. There are things to try and change and see if you can get different combinations and maybe different benefits. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, if uh, if what, what you've got is not working, then by all means go to your neurologist and discuss it and make the changes that are necessary. Because it's your, it's, it's your life. Correct. Mm. Now, you've just recently changed neurologists, not that there was anything wrong with your past one. He just decided to retire, which oh, honestly selfish. Really, I can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> How has it been uh, getting to know a new a new doctor? Um, no, that's, it's fine. She's, she's lovely. She really is. She, there was an, um, an integration period, a uh, handover phase of probably about six months where they both 
interviewed me, uh, pushed me, prodded me to check my hands to see that uh, my wrists weren't um, uh, stiffening up, um, watch me walk, do all these sort of things, which when somebody watches you walk and you don't swing your arms, immediately you start swinging your arms. <laughs> and inevitably I swing the wrong arm at the right at the wrong time and so my left arm and left foot go to forward at the same time and I look very weird. But that's okay, I'm used to looking weird. Well, I think even if, if someone says to me, like, oh, can you walk, you suddenly, you're like, well, how does anyone walk? Yeah, you that's forget right. every yeah. single thing. Yeah. When I think about it, I, I really have to think about it. left foot, right arm. What do I do on the right side? Oh, I'm lost. I've forgotten. <laughs> that would often happen. Um, slight side note: when um, extras would come on set of shows and yeah. they'd have to walk in the background, and all of a sudden you're like, "That person has simply <laughs> never walked in their life because they're doing insane stuff because they're nervous." Yes, because yeah. you've got an audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I find that when I'm doing my exercises at the uh, Council Parkinson's group, if I stand up and have to, have to step with my left foot. I've got to concentrate really, really hard to make sure I've put my right arm forward um, mm-hmm. to try and um, just to step naturally. Yeah. But uh, no, it's uh, um, so. Yeah, getting back to the uh, new neurologist, she's fantastic. Um, she she really is. And symptoms currently, how how are things going? What are the major concerns? Uh, still, my balance and my walking. Um, yeah. When when I'm down on the dopamine, I shuffle and. I have trouble. I have trouble taking the first step. I sometimes uh, smack myself on the right leg to to move my to move it first, telling it it's your turn. Yeah. The other one will follow, but if you get started, it'll follow, come along for the ride, and um, inevitably it does. But I don't see that happening as much since the change of medication. Okay. Like I, we used to see the um, shuffling, and yeah. I'd say you're right with your drugs, and most times it was, but sometimes perhaps not. Um, but I have seen less times where I've thought, oh, he must be low. So I've hardly seen shuffling. I know it happens a little bit, but yeah, definitely a reduction in that um, transition phase or mm. when, when the dopamine's getting low. Well, recently I, uh, I, I turned my alarm off and forgot to take my med- medication and it went five hours between drugs and that, that well, five and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't feel any uh, bad side effects, but probably it was a warmer day. I didn't churn through it. Speaking of alarms, yeah. <laughs> this happened the last time you were on your phone kept going up. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, so the, uh, the maybe I didn't, wasn't as active, didn't burn through the dopamine as quick as I might in a, on a cold day or an active, um, active day. Mm-hmm. The cold really gets to you, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. 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 Which I think is yeah quite a common. I think it's just more so being aware of it that if you are out in the cold all day, you might have to adjust medication or have it. Yeah, well, more if you shiver, it's, it's muscular action which is doing that, and therefore you're churning through the dopamine quicker. True. Yeah, makes just makes sense, doesn't it? It does rather. Now, talk to me about what sort of um, uh, interventions you're doing: physio, movement classes, exercise, all of that stuff. What are you doing to help? Um, outside of just medication? Yeah, I've been going to a Parkinson's group at the local council for probably 18 months, two years maybe. Is it PD Warrior? No, no. This is, it's, it's using a lot of the PD Warrior activities, uh, you know, big movements, um, fingers spread, all those sort of things. Um, but uh, no, it's different to the PD Warrior itself. Uh, but I, I do that once, once a week and um, that's... That's um, strenuous. Well, I, I make it strenuous because I go at it as hard as I can. 
Um, yeah, I've heard you nearly threw a medicine ball through a wall. <laughs> oh, yes, well, um, yeah, that, that was, uh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's showing how strong you are. Um, okay, that, so weekly class there. Yeah, and then also, um, I think you remember speaking to Glenn, Glenn Glowry from the Golf do, Club. I certainly do, yes. He introduced me to a boxing group that he goes to uh, in, in uh, Ferntree Gully, and they're, they're fantastic. Um, but it's, uh, it's strength, it's endurance, um, it's cardio and it's movement patterning, mm -hmm. which is good. So you would do uh, left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand, right hand, left hand. Um, and it's great fun beating the crap out of that punching bag. <laughs> Any um, faces you visualise on the, don't look at your wife sitting next to you? <laughs> no, I don't believe there are any faces on the punching bag. <laughs> that's healthy. That's very yeah, good. That's right, yeah. <laughs> now, boxing is pretty fantastic because mm. it's that physical thing, but it's the mental pattern and um, coordination stuff too yeah. that's so tough. Yeah. At one stage, we had to uh, hit, the, hit the, the bag and call out one. Then hit it right hand, left hand, one, two, one, two, three, up to ten. Then we had to uh, ten in a row, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then we had to do it backwards, mm -hmm. ten, nine, eight, seven, six, etc. Then we did days of the week. Oh my gosh. Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then we got to the Sunday and then we had to go backwards. Oh! So Sunday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Friday. You never say them backwards. No, that's right. Well, you reckon that was tough. Yeah. <laughs> Then, then we did months of the year. Oh, no. And then backwards is quite a... Oh, uh, my goodness. You, know, you forget to punch the bag when you're trying to work out what the uh, <laughs> what month it precedes July. Of course, yeah, yes. That's right. So no, that, that, which was fantastic because it really did make you think about what you're doing. The activity uh, was great anyway because it's strength and coordination and all those sort of things. Mm -hmm. And plus you're beating the crap out of that punching bag. Mm -hmm. And I do enjoy that. But they also add in abdominal strength, don't they? Oh, like that's right, yeah. You so, do all sorts of things. Yeah, not only hit the punching bag, but you, you do a, um, a warm-up of sit-ups, push-ups, squats, and then a run or a walk, a run around a which is at 100 metres into the car park or a walk around, which is at 20 metres into the car park. Mm -hmm. and then you might have done 10 on the first one, so the next one, next lot you do is 12. And then 14, you, you gradually build up as you go. So uh, we always try and get there as quickly as possible so we can beat the crap out of their punching bag. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's really challenging you in many different facets all at once. Oh, that's great. It really is. I enjoy it lots. Excellent. Well, enjoying it too is great. Now, if this is someone's first ever time with listening to the Shake It Up show, uh, what advice would you have for another person that lives with Parkinson's disease? Speak to your neurologist if if things don't change. Mm -hmm. uh, activity is is really important. So cardio, strength, whatever it is, um, coordination stuff, patterning from the boxing is great, um, and yeah, get out there and enjoy things. Robbie. All wonderful advice, as per usual. Uh, I would love to then take our focus back to our second guest over here. Um, you've sat very quietly on You've, done, you've done very well. Yeah, yes, that's a change. <laughs> now, now, not on the podcast, you two. <laughs> I thought it'd be interesting, um, Mum uh, slash Annette, I don't know how we're going to handle that, but we'll just see whatever I refer to you as as we move forward. Um, uh, to get your perspective on... Um, stepping back in time a bit, uh, remembering back to the diagnosis and then um, I guess being a part of Robbie's journey over the last 10 years? Mm, coming up to 10. Coming up to the 10th anniversary? Yeah, 2014, uh, middle of the year. Okay, yeah, so we're just just over nine. Yes, yeah. 
Um, but thinking back to around that diagnosis, what do you recall of that time? I guess disbelief is one thing, but the first thing we noticed, and I think it's been mentioned on the podcast, is the face facial twitch, which we've not seen for ever since that day. Now Rob's doing it. You, you <laughs> might guess if you could see it. <laughs> um, so we went to the neurologist, and I actually went with you the first time, I think, didn't I? Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was a bit of a journey to get diagnosis. I can't, I, it's all a bit um, vague, but it's hard to believe when you've been relatively fit and played a lot of sport and active and generally looked after yourself all your life. Doesn't mean you're perfect, absolutely. Um, to have something neurological. So there's a little, that, that period of time where you, it's disbelief. Um, and the first one of the first things that I remember with that neurologist was it's Parkinson's. Just don't go, don't join any groups, don't look up anything. Just, just wait and see what happens, basically. And that that stuck in my mind. Um, and we we actually changed neurologists after that, and we got on to Professor Horn, who was absolutely amazing. Who also didn't share too much, but um, covered whatever was necessary and in a very calm and reassuring manner. Um, Do you remember being told not to like go to a group or Google something? Uh, I don't listen to people who tell me not to do something. <laughs> well, I think that's sort of the point, right? It should be your decision mm. whether you do or don't engage with certain things. And saying something like that, to me, it strikes up a fear of, oh, gosh, like what don't I want to know? Whereas it's sort of sometimes better to have the information and then choose what you do with it. I can remember saying to people, oh, they suggest you don't find out and just... Um, but we did know somebody close to us whose sister had died of Parkinson's, so I guess I knew that in the background. But then Dad's symptoms weren't super obvious at that point, I didn't, I don't believe. But once you're more aware of it, then you also notice more because you can almost dismiss Well, I'm sure you probably weren't aware of the breadth of what the symptoms of Parkinson's are. No, no. Who is? If it doesn't affect you, you don't tend to know. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows the shake, um, but it's not, that's just one part of it, which Rob's never really had very much of. Mm -hmm. Um, Knowing Robbie and being beside him as he deals with this, what have you admired in the way that he has handled his journey with Parkinson's? Amazing. I'll get emotional. Um, Super positive. Um, I've got this. Deal with it. And and he just does. And he's just... He has done everything he can to reduce the impact on his life and on his physical and mental well-being. So until his silly drugs that really knocked him off, he's just been the most positive, get on with it and... I tell a story that, you know, he does a lot of handyman work, which he loves. You know, can't get that screw in first time, does it a second time, a third time. I would have thrown the screw by then. But his patience and tolerance is just amazing and he just keeps going. And I guess that's the message I would send out to anyone, that it doesn't have to rule your life. You just, there are restrictions and missing golf is a huge one which means missing people that he's mm. known for 40 to 50 years. And that's probably the biggest impact. But otherwise, he just keeps going and just, you know, he's making the most of every minute. 
what do you wish people better understood about what life is like living with I'll say Parkinson's but I guess make a disability uh, in a broader sense relating it back to your own experience too as maybe I'll let the we're listeners still, know that we're still normal people yeah um, just trying to make the most of life and enjoy it and we work hard all our life and it's not the end not the end that's the wrong word it's not how we thought we would be at this time but it is how we are and therefore we've got to make it known um, people should just be I guess aware and don't judge and don't put you in a classify you as something that you're not because you are just the person you've always been with a disability that does have an impact on your life mm -hmm. but it doesn't stop you from living a life yeah it's a part of you it's not all of you yeah yeah and um, yeah you can there are some things you can't do and some days that gets you down because you just think oh, I wish I could do this or that but in general most people our age have something that stops them from doing some things. We just have it more, more I guess, if that's the right word. And I, I, the one thing I've come across is I think people don't understand chronic disease. Mm. And that can be chronic disease in any form at any age. Yeah. Um, if someone suffers from something all the time, people forget. Whereas if you have a short-term thing, there's empathy out there, there's support there's understanding, there's a meal or there's something. But when you've got chronic, it's just their background of people. Um, yeah, they sort of lose a bit of momentum or because it's always there, it's hard. It's not like that acute, sharp thing of breaking an arm or something sudden like that. Yeah. Um, you don't want people talking about it all the time. You don't want that. But just the awareness of it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of support that you just mentioned, what is something, if uh, someone's got a family member that's just recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's, is there something that sticks in your mind of like a, a, a valuable way to be able to support someone in your community? I think sharing doctor's visits, if they're comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. um, two ears are, oh, sorry, four ears are better than <laughs> two. Um, just having someone else there to perhaps um, remember but also ask a question that you may not remember. Um, just be there, you know, to listen and if they do get upset or rant and rave or... I mean, Rob's never done that because he's been so accepting. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas he, like, I'm, I've shown different ways of dealing with it. I talk more and I look for someone to share, whereas Rob just gets on with it. So it's quite a... We've approached a similar situation, albeit different illnesses, but we've approached it in a different manner. Mm -hmm. um, that makes me want to ask you, Robbie, if you are having a day where um, you're frustrated by your symptoms, uh, what, what does that look like or what does that feel like? A uh, good example is uh, we, we went to a, uh, a funeral this morning and I had to wear a button-up shirt. Mm -hmm. Button-up shirts and I are not, are not good friends. No. I wear polo shirts because I don't buttons I just can't do up. So I had to wait for, uh, for your mother to come along and up my buttons mm -hmm. um, who wasn't all that much better on this <laughs> <laughs> um, oh dear <laughs> so, yeah so uh, and of course uh, getting out of the shirt you, you had to help me as well so mm -hmm. i find that most frustrating that i can't do those um fine motor things and buttons should be banned on bloody shirts anyway well yeah or like i guess there should be uh, we should look into getting shirts that don't have buttons. Oh, I have a polo just... shirt, but I wasn't allowed to wear that. To <laughs> but there should be dress shirts that are more accessible, mm. right? Like that should be something that's easily available. So it's like 
we can't remove the world of every sort of stressor or problem, but something like that, it's like, why put yourself in a position where you're forced to have to deal with that? Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. You don't think about what um, a person with a disability needs or benefits or would think, oh, isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Until you're actually in that position. Yeah. Um, this amount of times I thought, oh, I would never have thought about that. Handrails are probably the biggest ones because there's certain um, laws where you have to have them at a certain height, but there's a lot of times they don't have to have them because they don't break any technical laws or however you say that, but you've got nothing to hang on to. There's so many little situations where you think no one's thought about a person with a disability, and that can be just an, um, a person of old age that's a little bit... Um, it doesn't have to be Parkinson's or MS or anything. I don't think we think about people who just find walking a struggle yeah. because every step I take, I have to think about, and I think Rob's much the same. Something yeah. that everyone else takes for granted, Yeah, we have to think about it because of our balance and coordination. So walking... It's hard work. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like going back to being a baby, I suppose. Uh, and so little things like handrails or something to support you... Makes a huge difference. Makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So coming back to that, when you are frustrated, a la the button situation, what do you do with that thought? How do you get past the frustration or how do you sit with the frustration? I get your mother to help me. Okay. <laughs> I can be frustrated then quite successfully. At her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, not, not a lot frustrates me. I, 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 if I had an extra 15 minutes, I probably could have got the buttons done up. Mm-hmm. But each one takes such a long time. And uh, uh, tying the tie was good fun. <laughs> you did it. What a useless piece of you know, clothing a tie is. <laughs> Goodness sake, you use it as a bloody belt and around your neck. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the thing you're most frustrated with, I would say, from an outsider, is missing catching up with your mates at golf. And I guess it's like not necessarily the thing that's frustrating. It's what do you do when you have that frustration? Mm-hmm. Does it make you sad? I like. How do you deal with feeling whatever that is? Yeah, generally, uh, I, I I don't really think about it too much. Um, I've changed, substituted bowls in for golf. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot makes it a lot easier because you don't bowl too many shots from behind a tree. Whereas in golf, I spend a lot of time in the trees. <laughs> There's not many bunkers on the uh, green for bowls. Oh, you can throw them into the ditch. There's sand there. But no, um, you're a solution person, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, like finding a practical workaround rather than yeah, necessarily rather than the sit, mindset sit, side sitting of it. there and um, letting it chew or churn away at you and uh, make you feel depressed. I'm, I'm not into depressed. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It's well, an admirable skill yes. to, for someone to have because, yes, I'm missing this, but, okay, now what do I do? Yeah. How do I solve it? Yeah, very practical and logical, which we'd absolutely expect from <laughs> Robbie over here. Mm, yes. Well, I'm stoked that you both have been here today. I think that's been a very um, interesting and valuable conversation. Is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners before you go? I think I got out of it pretty lightly. I could have been roasted savagely here. But... <laughs> Mother? No, I don't think so, Amy. Thank you for having me on board. Pleasure. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Shake It Up Australia funds groundbreaking Australian research that aims to slow, stop, and cure Parkinson's disease. And they need your help. 
To support Shake It Up's vision of a world without Parkinson's, head to shakeitup.org.au forward slash podcast. Together, we can find a cure.